News. 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 New York City. FAQ NYC podcast getting more and more interesting by the minute. FAQ. It's FAQ NYC, the New Yorkers podcast from the newsroom by and for New Yorkers, the city. I'm Christina Greer here with Katie Honan and Harry Siegel. Hello there. Hi. Hello. There's an election on Tuesday, and you can see what's on your ballot and where you vote at findmypollsite.vote.nyc. And we'll have a fresh episode right after the results come in with the great Ben Max joining us as he does every election night to break down what just happened. And the city, the newsroom that Katie and Harry work in, is kicking off its end-of-year appeal. You can head to thecity.nyc slash give to pitch in, and we'll have more about that later in the episode. But first and foremost, there's been one story in a jam-packed week locally that's eclipsed all others in its importance and implications. Harry, do you want to pick it up from here? Thanks, Chrissy. And that, of course, is the FBI raid Thursday morning of the family home of Brianna Suggs, the 25-year-old who's Eric Adams' chief fundraiser, along with other mostly so far undisclosed locations. The Times, which broke the news of the raid, said that um, those are related to a straw donor scheme. Another one in which the Turkish government worked through a local construction firm with a long and dubious track record here, we've since found out, to pump money into the Eric Adams campaign using people here related to that firm who obviously were not saying, oh, yeah, and we are the uh, Turkish government, allegedly. Eric Adams then turned around from his big trip to the White House to talk about the migrant crisis the morning that the raid happened. Um, and reporting in The Messenger, a new site, Wild, showed that two beat cops had visited Sugg's home the day before the raid, supposedly to perform a wellness check after the FBI reached out to Internal Affairs. A subsequent NYPD statement said, oh, nothing to see here, folks. That's standard law enforcement procedure, which it most certainly is not. So, Chrissy, the political implications of this are pretty staggering. I've had someone reach out already to tell me they're going to be running for public advocate once Jumani is mayor, friend of the podcast, and uh, people may be getting out just a little ahead of their skis, but the world certainly looks very different now than it did on Wednesday. Before we get to that real quick, though, Katie, the city's done a ton of this reporting, and you have, on these, uh, KSK, this Turkish tied company and its characters. Um you want to fill listeners who maybe haven't been following every twist and turn of this story in as incredibly it's not yet dominating the front pages? Yes. So um, <clears throat> I will say I, I did the first pass on, on Thursday, but it was really our colleagues who, you know, our investigative team, which had a lot of this campaign finance stuff already in their Google drives. And that's how we were really able. I'm very proud of our colleagues. Um who sifted through all of this very quickly on Thursday to do sort of a follow-up. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll we'll start what happened Thursday morning. The mayor was set to go down to D.C. Um, he confirmed it Wednesday. He did make it to Washington, D.C., took a very early flight down, landed. And then at around 9 a.m., we got a notification that all of his meetings were canceled. When we asked the press office what's going on, they said he has to deal with, quote, a matter, which, um, you know, was, it could be anything. Um, I think I said this, people from within City Hall were asking me what was going on. So no one really knew what it was. It was the New York Times and Willie Rashbaum, who you can't beat. <laughs> I was telling people, really hard to beat that guy. Confirmed that the mayor's top fundraiser, Brianna Suggs, her home in Crown Heights was raided early that morning by the FBI. And as we found out later on through the day, it's sort of a larger probe 
into the Turkish government funneling donations to the Adams campaign through a Williamsburg-based construction firm called KSK Construction. It's an engineering firm, I should, sorry, I should confirm. There's also the involvement of employees of Bay Atlantic University, which is a small Turkish-owned institution based in D.C. Ironically, D.C. maybe who is going to visit there Thursday, just kidding. Um, There's a lot of stuff to kind of sift through, but it goes down to something that we had, you know, a lot of people have reported on potential straw donations to Mayor Adams. Um, You know, we did it earlier in the summer, looking at all these employees at the New World Mall in Flushing. They all kind of gave the same amount. People we spoke to said they didn't give. A lot of people listed as donors, employees of KSK, our colleagues reached them. At least one person was like, I didn't give any money to Eric Adams. Um, And obviously getting money from a foreign government is alarming if that is the case. I will say Mayor Adams, I mean, Mayor Adams travels a lot. He dropped last week that he visited Cambodia. I didn't know he'd visited Cambodia, just in a little story he was sharing. So he travels around the world to many countries. This was covered a lot when he was borough president. He has visited Turkey quite a number of times. I think it's eight times. Harry, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He said more than any other country. I remember that. And of course, he now won't say how he pays for his travel when the government isn't paying for it, which seems like a most interesting question. Exactly. And I think I'm not judging anyone's travel, but that does seem like why would someone go to Turkey that many times if, I don't know, they're not Turkish. I don't know. Maybe it's a beautiful country. I'm sure it is. So looking at all of that, um, these questions, and, and obviously I will say his campaign is very quick to remind us this is what they want us to check off in a story. Um, no one's been arrested. Eric Adams has not been questioned. His home has not been, or his homes, wherever he lives, has not. they have not been searched. Brianna has not been arrested. The Times reported that she's on a suspect. She's a witness. You know, people saw them, the FBI taking some boxes and made tablets out of her home. The Times actually has a great story um, published this morning that sort of looks at Brianna and, and her involvement. You know, she's 20. Five. Five years old. She was 23 during the campaign. So that is quite a big and significant job for someone of that age. The mayor said in a really excellent interview on PIX11 taped Friday, I recommend people watch the whole thing. It was eight minutes or so just on this. Um, He pointed out, well, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities for young African-American women, and I was happy to give it to her. But I think it, it's a lot of it raises a lot of questions about her experience. You know, she went to Brooklyn College, but I think she was like a bio major. Um, she does have close ties to Ingrid Lewis Martin, the mayor's top aide and very, very close friend. So there's a lot of characters involved in all of this and what's going on. And, and I think there's a lot more. I you know at the city, we're looking at a lot of uh, many other things. Uh, they won't be out by the time you listen to this, but hopefully soon. But I just think, it, again, it's there have been so many inquiries, as the mayor calls them. And the mayor said on Friday, where there's smoke, there isn't always fire. I don't, I didn't realize that was how fires worked. But he he's also, I will point out, you know, we're taping this Monday morning. He had the really excellent interview on PIX Friday. He hasn't taken questions since. Off Topic Tuesday, understandably, is postponed because it's election day. He voted early vote. Usually he votes on election day. Early voted kind of sneak attack this weekend. Um, I tried to talk to him. He was at the Louis Armstrong Museum in Queens, which earlier this year expanded across the street. Previously, it was just Louis Armstrong's home. Now it's his full archives in a really beautiful museum. I recommend everyone check it out, 107th Street in Corona. He was there, um, wouldn't answer questions. They've actually been sneakier about sneaking out. I mean, they kind of played us, the reporters. I was so engrossed in this museum that I didn't notice he was going out of a side door. 
Um, and I think earlier in the day, another reporter tried to get him at the Forest, Forest Hills Jewish Center. They kind of, they said that there was someone like kind of doing a decoy. Like, did you guys see Mayor Adams as he sneaks out? But again, he does not want to take questions. He And it, I saw some people on Twitter like telling the local press what they need to do. Oh, you guys should do this. It's like, we're doing it. We had a reporter to his events. Yoav went to his events Friday night. He ended up bailing. Um, it's not that we're not looking for him and trying to talk to him, but he is in real fear mode, um, perhaps understandably. I mean, we could discuss, did he have to rush home? All this kind of stuff. And I'd love to get Chrissy's take, obviously, on just politically what this means. And and is this the beginning or the beginning of the end? Yeah. Well, child, that's all I can say. Um, so there are a few. <laughs> th- I mean, it's just. Podcast over. No, I'm just. Right. I'm like, ooh. So here's the thing. I mean, part of me feels like calling Eric Adams and being like, you need to regroup, homie. Like, sit down, drink a glass of water, and, like, get your mind right. Because, one, I don't think you should have left D.C. Like, I know that, you know, your gut reaction is like, oh, got to rush home. But it feels real sunny from The Godfather. Like, you're being a hothead, you know? So it's like, sit down and, like, think about what's going on. Now, full disclosure, I'll be the first to say, I was wrong about Cuomo retiring or resigning. You remember, Harry? I was like, eh, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, this man, he's raised in captivity. He only knows Albany. Like, where's he going to go? And he did resign. So I was like, okay, so I don't always have my finger on the pulse when it comes to resignations. I mean, remember when de Blasio was his first two years and we had all these, like, federal inquiries and it was like, what's going on? What's going on? And, you know, he's a white man, but he evaded it and it just kind of went away and we had six years of, you know, miscellaneous. So I don't think that that's necessarily the same thing with Adams. I think one of Adam's biggest mistakes is not having a working relationship with anyone in the press, uh, like the dominant press, the Room 9 press. I mean, he just, he has a specific disdain for you all. Um, and I just think that that's, Us, really? that's a bad look. Um, you know, do I think that there's some blind spots in Room 9? Absolutely, right? I've said so. Um, do I think that Room 9 is malicious? No. And do I think that Eric Adams, it would behoove him to have some sort of relationships with journalists so it doesn't look like he's always running and trying to run out the clock, then yeah. You know, I also feel some kind of way about um, this 25-year-old, largely because it reminds me it's real John Liu feeling, 2013, when he had that young girl of color as well, holding the bag, literally and figuratively, when his campaign finance stuff started looking a little wonky. So I was like, what's up with these men of color running for mayor, choosing these young girls of color to have these jobs that are way too complicated. I tell my students all the time, if you're going to run for office, the person that needs to be the tightest on your team is your campaign finance person, like your money people, because that's how you end up in prison. I always remind them Tiger King sitting in prison for 22 years, not because he tortured tigers, because he ran for public office and his money wasn't tight. So I, I was sitting outside in Crown Heights on Thursday and all these helicopters were above. And I was like, what is going on? And I was like, it feels real end of Goodfellas episode here. And then I was like, oh, maybe they're down the road, as I find out later on, checking out this 25-year-old's home. Now, granted, she wasn't arrested and, you know, it's an inquiry. But here's how I feel about Mayor Adams' smoke and fire comment. If your man hangs out with nine dudes who all cheat on their wives, I'm not saying your man cheats on his wife. I'm just saying, 
Why does your man need to hang out with nine dudes who all cheat on their wives? Something seems like maybe he's more like those birds than not. So, Eric Adams, it seems like you roll with the shadiest of the shades. I'm not saying you're shady and corrupt, but why is it that your comfort zone and damn near your default setting is to roll with people who lean on the line of legality all the time? All I'm thinking is, Friday night you and your boys went out to eat. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not right, but it's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a lot of, there's a lot of on the line and. There's a lot of sure. on the line. I mean, did the F, is the FBI racist just like the reporters? You know, I'm not saying that there's implicit biases everywhere, but I think when you're looking at donations and again, there's multiple examples of what might be straw donations. To maximize a a very generous campaign financing scheme, there have been six people who donated to Eric Adams who have been arrested for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, these are the the questions that we have. And then I also think practically, we get to we're, we're all we can only cover so much. We're only human, right? But there are other real issues in the city, and of course, the defense could be, "Oh, you're all focusing on this when we have real issues." We try to cover everything, but. How much of a distraction is this for Eric Adams and his administration when there are actual real pressing issues? You know, he has been taunting every single elected official he doesn't like asking, did Brad go to D.C.? Did Lincoln Ressler go to D.C.? Well, Mayor Adams, you went to D.C. and then you turned back around to go home. And then you said, oh, it's actually not that big of a deal because the mayors of Denver and Chicago spoke on my behalf. So it's like next right, time. Because want- we all know yeah. that the mayor of Denver is. A, I mean, come on, dude. Like you should have. Basically, you panicked. Yeah. And it's okay. Say you panicked. Because guess what? If the FBI is coming to my finance chair, I'm going to, you know, have a little little high blood pressure for a spell. But you panicked. And you felt like you needed to come home and sort of suss out the situation. Um, because, you know, unless you have insiders, it's like, well, is the FBI coming to my house after they swing by her house? Like, that, I'm sure all of those thoughts went through his head. That being said, then just say that. Just say, I had pressing issues to take care of home, and hopefully I'll be able to go back to D.C., but, like, I bounced, and we might not get this money because I had pressing issues at home. I think the mayor just needs a reset, and I don't know. I mean, listen, here's here's the question I'm always asking, right? How much corruption is too much corruption for us to, to stomach? How much, you know, sort of inappropriate behavior, shadiness is too much? We can't forget we've had two Democratic governors and a Democratic AG all resign in the state of New York, right? So, like, we've had this Trumpian, you know, throw so much news at us, we can't hold anything in our heads for more than, like, five minutes. We've all got, like, gerbil brains when it comes to the news. So you add those two things up. Now, Eric Adams is a Black man, which I do think is a a wild card variable. But you add that up, and I'm like, so do people really care about campaign finance stuff. Like, I'm curious as to what Bill de Blasio's numbers looked like when he was going through his little FBI um, brouhaha. Like, were people really paying attention? Harry? So people were ready to run against him, were lingering, were making background calls about it. And once prosecutors let him off the hook, very reluctantly, they publicly scolded him. They said he stretched the spirit of the law. Uh, Nobody ran. It was that simple. But there is a difference here in the... You don't get to an FBI raid 
because you're fishing a bit because there's stuff in the news like Preet was reading about with the Blasio and uh, the Manhattan DA and you start there. You have to get a judge to sign off on a warrant to raid a home because there is an ongoing crime there or immediate fears of some sort of cover up. That's a mature investigation that they're choosing to go public about now. We don't know what's behind that and it's not fair to speculate, but it's clearly not quite the uh, the same Starting point, I think, in some significant ways. And just speaking of gerbil attention spans, a couple things for uh, perspective here is we now have the Democratic mayor of New York not accused of anything, uh, but implicated in a plain and literal reading of the word, something the campaign has objected to my using at several points. Uh, so I looked up the definition. Uh, and it's got a couple. One of them is when things are intertwined. And he is. You have all these things involving straw donors and him and now a foreign government. So Adams and Turkey next door to Senator Menendez and Egypt, uh, which is his second indictment at the same time. Additionally, Mayor Adams is now the second living mayor in New York City to get down evidently, allegedly, in some disturbing ways with the rather disturbing Erdogan regime. He's the president now. He used to be the prime minister in Turkey. Rudy flew over there. Speaking of U.S. attorneys, after Preet arrested this guy, Reza Zarab, who was busting a Turkish guy, celebrity there of sorts, who was busting the Iran sanctions. He came here to take his kids to Disneyland or world, I forget, because he's like, no one's going to bother me here for a bunch of reasons. Preet arrests him. He gets charged. Um, Rudy flies with former U.S. Attorney General Michael Mukasey secretly to Ankara to meet with Erdogan and try to work out a deal to a political deal to get Zarab back to Turkey. So there is something going on involving Turkey and New York politics that is strange and ongoing and interesting for those who uh, want to remember these things. And very last thing here, Jia Jenny Hu, she was 25 years old when she got indicted um, on John Lewis' campaign. And it is distressing to see all these people like campaign treasurers uh, who seem like they end up on the legal hook. People who are trying to bribe politicians or buy influence like uh, uh, Jonah Reichberg and uh, Jer- Jeremy Reckonitz. Uh, I flipped the first and last names, but but people who know know. Um, in the de Blasio <laughs> administration. Jeremy and Jonah. Jeremy and Jonah, yeah. Like, like the, 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 these people end up getting charged in prison time and so on, where the principles on the other end of it don't seem to face consequences. It's also notable that the campaign finance board asked about a lot of these contributions at the time, and the Adams campaign, which was obligated to give them answers within 30 days, simply did not do so. It's like if you win, the rules don't apply uh, to the extent that everyone else ends up on, uh, you know, legally jammed up. And politicians keep walking past it. And maybe that's where we're going to end up here. But we know like Ben Max had that story. Everyone on the left wants someone else to run. There were a bunch of those. And suddenly people are talking about it again. Zelda Myri, regular guest of the pod. Um, Jessica Ramos, occasional guest. Come on back. We got lots to talk about. It's going to be interesting. And just the, the political world here does feel very different than it did just uh, less than a week ago, I think. Well, you know what's interesting? Uh, you mentioned it in the opener folks now possibly getting in front of their skis um hey listen you got a plan because these things these campaigns aren't cheap but it will be interesting now to see what does this look like if the mayor let's just you know hypothetical if he decides to resign or step down or whatever i think i don't think we're at that point of the conversation yet but obviously people who want to run uh are putting themselves starting to have that conversation 
But the rules are the rules, right? The rules are Jumani is mayor for six months, right? And then we move to what? A special election? And then it depends on how close we are to 2025. I, I don't I need to look this up. But the rules change at some point as we get closer to the election. Right. So, hey, listeners, this is your homework for the week. Start looking up what's the chain of command. Um, but I think this kind of planning about, you know, I want to run for public advocate. I want to run for this office because it will be musical chairs, obviously, if, you know, people start shifting around. Um, I don't think we're there yet, but then again, I missed the whole, uh, Cuomo resignation. Um, I just thought nobody cared that he touched women. So what are you going to do? Um, but clearly Albany was kind of tired of him and there we are. Um, but right now I'm not, I'm not feeling the resignation piece as of today. When, 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 so when Ramiz uh, Shad Hermelin, who's like a close ally, comes out right afterward and says there are people who don't want to see the second black mayor succeed. And we're looking at potentially, presumably, like uh, Damian Williams, who's the U.S. attorney, who's black, possibly working with Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, who's black. Chrissy, do you think that that's a fair point to make? At this point, and do you think that it's going to be compelling politically for Adams at this point as his surrogates are are pretty quickly going there? Yeah, that's a complicated one because do I think that some people don't want Eric Adams to succeed because he's the second black mayor? I absolutely do. I sure do. Like, I don't think that he's crazy or hyperbolic. Um, So, yeah, I believe that statement. Do I think that statement is harder to convince certain people when the folks who will be calling you to the mat are two African-American men. Sure. I mean, I'm sure Eric Adams will employ the kind of class strategy, which has always been a larger conversation within the black community that we haven't always shared Mm -hmm. with outsiders. Right. But I mean, you got like basically two Harvard Yale cats um, who are upholding the positions that they were elected and appointed to do. Right. Damien's appointed. Albie Albrag is elected. So both of them have a job to do. Uh, and both of them, I would argue, are doing job relatively well. I do think that obviously the Eric Adams strategy would be, you know, this is a witch hunt from, say, the white political elite pulling strings behind the scenes. And I think it might play on a class level that transcends black folks. And because you can't sort of have that racial conversation, um, most people have never had it, so it's, it might be too long to try and walk people through it. But we do understand class um, relatively uh, in this city, and I think that that actually might resonate with more of an Adams base, which is not 100% Black. So uh, we'll see how we get there and what the charges potentially are. I mean, right now, not, I mean, is he going to be like the quasi-Trump character for the past, you know, however many decades before, you know, this past year or two, where it's like everybody around you is getting pinched, but you seem to be fine. Um, Like, is he that savvy and that smart where he can just roll with people who are relatively shady, but he always keeps his hands clean? Or is it just a matter of time where it's like, if you roll with shady characters, then ultimately you turn into a shady character. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's funny you brought up Andrew Cuomo, um, former governor, because I was certain 
that the mayor would show up at the Christian Cultural Center this weekend. Mm -hmm. But it was Andrew Cuomo's turn to speak. And, you know, I didn't listen to his remarks, so I'm not going to pretend that I did. But to do what it what usually happens at a church of that size with that sort of political importance. Mayor, Mayor Adams did speak at another church on Sunday where he did. You know, this was God telling him to do all of this stuff, and it is God's destiny. And, you know, maybe it was Alvin Bragg's destiny to investigate things, too. Maybe it was the FBI's destiny to raid But you know what's interesting, Katie, about, you know, Adams went to a church that didn't um, necessarily seem like they were feeling him. Like, that wasn't really, like, his base base. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder, you know, if he's going to strengthen some of his relationships with clergy. We, You know, for a Black mayor, I would... I would have assumed that he would have stronger relationships with clergy, especially outward relationships. Um, because don't forget when Cuomo got into a jam, not only did he go up to Harlem for his like proverbial, you know, black godparents to like lay hands on him, but like he did that kind of old school black embrace, you know, I need to be embraced by not just the black political elite, but you know, clergy who sort of know my soul. So I wonder if we're going to start seeing Eric Adams since he's not going to flag raisings because you guys asked too many questions. You know, are we now going to do the church, the church route, you know, where it's just strengthening not just relationships with pastors and their clergy, but also kind of (laughs) pun intended cloaking oneself in this uh, religious veneer of protection. It was at Les Mis where they took refuge in a church. I said, that's what the mayor is going to do. It's sort of like, that was the sound of music. So, <laughs> I guess Shout out to Mara Gay. <laughs> Listen, uh, any news story that comes across the sound of music, I immediately am like, Mara, <laughs> sound of music. There are bigger issues in this world. I don't know why. The only thing that I feel the need to talk to this woman about is sound of music. <laughs> I um, yeah, I was thinking, I'll roll up to the mayor really anywhere. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask him a question in a church, a temple, right. a mosque. Uh, but seriously, like, is this going to be the sound of music strategy? Is, will it be the sound of music strategy where it's like, you can't get to me at church. So you can only ask me questions while I'm walking into, or religious institution, excuse me for saying church, religious institution, temple, temple, you know, the whole nine. So because before the flag raisings used to be like the safe space where it's just like, oh, this is great. Insert, you know. Malaysian community, Bangladeshi, Trinidadians, whatever. But now, I don't know. Harry, what do you think? The last one, he, the first one he canceled was Malaysia. Yeah. And I immediately had the thought, uh, because they've had their own absolutely fascinating trial involving their government, uh, secretly bankrolling the, the movie The Wolf of Wall Street, and tampering with our political systems as well. Um, and then Praz from the Fujis, of course, uh, refused to roll over. And he was like a small fish in this thing. And so he, he got destroyed by prosecutors, which is what they do in when that is he, instance. When is, when is he going to be sentenced? Didn't they move it's it back? Co- it's coming up. I believe it's still this year. Praz. But I thought of him immediately when I saw a Malaysia flag raising. I was thinking about going to that. And then, of course, that that, that was, the I believe, the first one. Everyone was thinking. That's the thing. Everyone was planning on going to that. Yeah. I will say I was on the roundtable for Pix Eleven on Friday with city reporter Gwen Hogan, and the H&H. mayor. The mayor was on H like the bagels. The mayor was on, um, but he ended. He he. I think moved to the satellite. They're afraid. They're running scared. And you know, I'll, I'll roll up and ask a question. Um, but there's some places I'm not doing it at a religious institution. Maybe I won't do it indoors. I'll wait for him outside. 
Meet me outside. Everybody can catch these hands. <laughs> meet me outside. <laughs> meet me, meet me outside. I, I was, I'm sorry. I'm still on prize being like the fifth Fuji. Um, but I mean, here's the thing. I think the mayor just hears free advice, Eric Adams, if you're listening. You need to sit down and regroup. You need to get your comms team on message. I don't know who your people are. They could be like, a little nicer, too. It wouldn't kill them. Yeah, I mean, like, there are a whole bunch. But, like, the comms team clearly needs a rewrite. Because whoever told you to hop on the next flight smoking back to New York, that was a bad look. Whoever told you to just ignore the reporters that are literally paid and dedicate their lives to report on what is going on in New York City and what you were doing as the executive of New York City. The fact that you're just trying to ice them out, it's not wise. Stop doing that. Like, you you look like you are not just on defense, but like shook. So, I mean, I don't know. Hey, I don't know what he knows, right? I mean, Harry, to your point, <laughs> and this is a, a prosecutor told me this a long time ago. It's like, when the feds come to your house, or when the feds start asking you questions, they're not asking you questions because they want to know an answer. Like, that they don't know the answer. They're inquiring from, hey, Harry, tell us what some... They want to know, are you dumb enough to lie to us? Because we already have all the receipts. Mm. That's why that we're too here. Sometimes. I do that as a reporter. Right. Oh, I do that all the time. Listen, <laughs> tell you about a little sand trap I set for somebody last week. Um, so, yeah, it's like, we know the answer. Are you just that stupid to sit here and try and lie to me? And give me something else when I already know it. Because I've been knowing it, right? Like, Bob Menendez, I mean, come on, guy. They've been looking at you for like a decade. So, I when wonder... they don't get you, these, these guys get cocky. And and perhaps yeah. the same with Adams, who, to be clear, is like, I'm totally complying with everything. I'm rules filing. I hold myself to a very high standard. So, while he's avoiding the press, he is putting forth the absolute, I did nothing wrong. I stand by myself and my people statement. And we'll see how that holds up to what you guys are saying about what the feds presumably already know when they're rolling this way. Uh, but I do just want to be clear about where where he says he stands while avoiding answering questions about it. Just yeah. to be fair. And we will see what this week brings. I know one thing that we can't mm-hmm. talk about. I mean, we're trying to wrap up, but the messenger story about the NYPD wellness check hours before the raid. What was that like? He has a follow-up story about how with with numerous former prosecutors, federal prosecutors and federal defenders uh, saying, and I I paraphrase, what the ever-loving fuck uh, about the the (laughs) NYPD statement in response to this, right? And and this statement, which very much reads like it was dictated by City Hall, it mentions we didn't tell anyone there about this and they go higher up. This was totally routine, is their suggestion. Um. It just doesn't pass the basic credibility test. This is a really weird and anomalous situation. Uh, Local police do not show up to anyone's door the day before an FBI raid that way, certainly not through a request through IAB. And so there's this real question about whether the police department is fully compromised in the course of this. I won't get into a long Phil Banks thing, but before he came back with Adams, Long after he left the NYPD while the FBI was investigating him, and he was an unindicted co-conspirator to the R&R bribers I mentioned earlier, right? He personally fired the head of internal affairs, who's the guy who looked into him. And now we're getting NYPD statements about how it's totally cool that the FBI calls IAB and the IAB calls precinct cops and they roll up to the fundraiser's house the day before the raid. Like something here is seriously wrong. 
I can't say what it is, but that is not normal. That is not right. That is disturbing. Mm-hmm. It's not right, but it's okay to quote Whitney Houston. <laughs> and that is another week. That's another week in the greatest city in the world. F-A-Q. FAQ NYC is part of The City, a nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom dedicated to hard-hitting journalism that serves the people of New York. Here at The City, we've just kicked off our end-of-year fundraising campaign. If you enjoy listening to FAQ NYC, the absolute best way you can support us is by setting up a monthly recurring donation by going to thecity.nyc slash give. If you already have a monthly donation set up and want to make a special one-time gift, you can also go to thecity.nyc slash give. Every dollar goes a long way because we're a small outlet and we punch above our weight every day. So again, thank you for listening and reading. Please support our campaign if you can by chipping in at thecity.nyc slash give. That's thecity.nyc slash give. Thank you. As ever, our work is freely available to everyone at thecity.nyc and also receives support from PT Knitwear, an independent bookstore, cafe, and event space on Manhattan's Lower East Side with a podcast studio that can be freely reserved for community use. We're a proud member of the Brookhouse Cooperative of Independent Journalists, Critics, and Artists and are affiliated with the Colin Powell School at CUNY City College, where I am one of the Moynihan Public Scholars inaugural fellows. Our hosts for this episode were me, Christina Greer, Katie Honan, and Harry Siegel, who's also our executive producer. Our engineer is Adam Kamara. Thank you, dear listener, for joining us and making it this far. Be kind, be cool, be warm this week, question mark. And we'll be back soon with more. <laughs>